This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast, the only unscripted backpacking podcast in America today. <laughs> Allegedly. It's the only one that has Jeremiah Stringer in it. Let's put it that way. Hey, I like that, man. That's what I'm talking about. So how you doing, Jeremiah? I'm doing great, dude. I got uh, I got you, I yeah. got the world, and I got Brad Paisley. Right oh, here. Right for the, here. For the people that are just listening, on the YouTube channel, we're putting a, a video version, and we got Brad Paisley behind us, which is the name of Bridget's Quilt, made by UGQ, with the bright pink and purple and light blue and indigo and lavender <laughs> paisley and pattern orange <laughs> and green and man there are so many colors it is it is a cavalcade of fruit flavors yeah guess how many times she's used that twice i think you might be right she used it once let me tell you this dude we went on this uh this camping like car camp the one night and then got up and day hiked the next day and left yeah the one you did the video on no, I don't think I did a video on this one. I was just day hiking as me and Bridget and like four other people, like couples. Right. Two couples that uh, Bridget and I are friends with. And we car camped that first night, and then she used that, and it was way too cold for that. Because I don't know how cold it was, but that thing's rated for like, I don't know, 40, 45 uh, degrees gotcha. or something. Yeah. I didn't get it overstepped or anything. And... Yep, she got really cold during the night and had to throw a blanket over and stuff, too. Luckily, we were car camping. She just wanted to try it out. She's excited. Yeah. And then the morning, in the morning, I thought, you know, it would be so sweet. I, I got to get up, and uh, she's still wanting to lay there and sleep. I'll just put my sleeping bag over her. And that was whenever she melted on Emo <laughs> Disco. I, no good deed goes unpunished, man. I guess not, man. I guess not. No, it. I had one of those little Mr. Buddy heaters, and mm-hmm. mine just laid up against it and oh. melted it. I'm still afraid to wash it. Have you washed any of your down stuff? No, because I'm gross. I, I should. I, my my 20 degree enlightened equipment quilt, uh-huh. my Revelation quilt. I've been using that since 2018. Never washed it. Never washed it. That is really gross. That's extremely gross. And I, I lo- and I and I did a through hike with it. So think about that one first. Never washed it, dude. My my Nemo smelled so bad. After uh, my through hike, yeah. Oh, uh, maybe I just maybe my my musk is just a pleasant smell, and uh, it doesn't it doesn't have that same pungent stink that most people <laughs> sweat does. You know, maybe I just have that working for me. I don't know. I have a feeling that's absolutely not true, John. I don't know where you would hear that. I don't know why you would even think that. That's terrible. So, I never washed any of mine. Well, the the Nemo, I did get it switched out. So I got a new one of those, but the uh, the jackets, all my jackets, my down stuff, my like green Aegis Max. You got one of those Aegis Max? That, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like the one you got hanging right over here on the wall. I don't mm-hmm. know if you can see it in the camera, but like over to what would be considered, I guess, the right of the screen yeah. is this bright fluorescent green <laughs> with a yellow zipper. 
sleeping bag that a bunch of us bought. I get so many comments about that. I made one video about it, and I was like, oh, this is a very successful video. It got like 20,000 views. For me, that's very successful. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to make another one. And successful as well. That's a very popular bag, Aegis Max. Yeah. But people like keep asking me what temperatures it got down to. Not fifty five, sixty, maybe. Yeah, it's I'd, not. It's not real thick, but it's great for summer. Like summer oh, in Kentucky, yeah. it's the perfect bag. Dude, me and Brad Luke, who I'm gonna put out the trip video soon. It might already be out by the time we publish this episode. We went, and I took that Aegis Max bag, and I took um, Hunter's Monolight Hammock, his see through hammock, weighs like nine ounces. Yeah, and. Yeah, refigured out again that it's too short for me. But you know what? I was like, I'm going to try to get out here and that just shave means you as should much loan weight. it to me. Yeah, you try it out, man. That means you should loan it to me. I've lost weight, so I could actually sleep in it without ripping it. I, now, think, I don't know what the point. weight limit is on it. You might have to check with him on that. Nah, I'm fine either way. I guarantee I'm I'm fairly close to it. Anyway, the point is, is I took that and I took the 40 degree. This this one up here above is 40 degree under quilt. And that Aegis Max, which was like 55, 60, somewhere in there. Yeah. Perfect. In fact, I was sweating and, you know, I covered up and had the underquilt under me. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's so hot. The high during the day, 89 degrees. The low was like 68. And that was at 4 a.m. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is some Kentucky summer weather here. And it's mid May, you know, at the time that we were doing it. And, um, I thought, you know what, I'll just go without the underquilt. So before I went to sleep, I pulled the underquilt beside me, and I was like, worst case scenario, I'll get cold. That cold will wake me up. Yeah. It did. Absolutely, at, it at, did. At 1230. We went to sleep pretty early. 68? 68, no underquilt. It's cold on your butt, man. Well, I was sweating, and I took that underquilt off. Remind me, I got to tell you about this guy named Chuck as well that we okay. met out there. Okay. So I, I took the underquilt and just like... His his hammock only unzips on one side, so like I pulled. That's where it. mine is. Oh, you don't have the both side zipper. No, mine goes all the way around on on the Pride of Kentucky. Yeah, so I guess technically it's one side. But that means you can put a you can put a winter cover on it if you want to. No, it doesn't detach. Oh, it doesn't detach. No, Miyagi well, didn't make it to detach. He made it where it stuffs into a pocket. Oh, and okay. if you want, you can kind of roll that pocket up when you're using the net so it doesn't hang so on. So it's you. like cooler weather and you don't need it? What? Well, oh, yeah, the net? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of times in the winter I don't use it, but Jason no tells to. me I need to. He says, man, that's what you think now. You think, oh, it's cold enough, and then you you crawl in there and there's a snake inside your... Uh... Dude, Jason, <laughs> Jason's so funny. He does not like cold weather. Yeah. Okay, for the people listening, this is Backpacking with Jason. He's a good friend of ours. We've talked about him. on. He's been on the show a couple times yeah. already. But um, I was talking to him one time. It was supposed to get down to the 40s. Uh-huh. He's like, I'm bringing my 15-degree quilts. I'm bringing them. Oh. I'm like, it's <laughs> the 40s, them. man. He uses those 15 degrees almost oh. year-round. Oh, yeah. About the time that it gets hot enough to like use something lighter, he'd be like, I'm going to the lake. <laughs> I'm finding some water. Yeah, yeah. So... I left the underquilt off mine. It unzips on one side, and I just pushed it out, and it was like, psh, shot up beside me, you know, on my right, yeah. Oh, yeah, and just yeah. hanging there. And I was like, ah, if I get cold, then I'll wake up and put it back on. You woke and, up and put it back on. Oh, yeah. But in the meantime, before I got cold, it was still in like the mid-70s when we were going to sleep. So we got to camp. We had 15 miles done by 4 o'clock. 
and we were like, we need to stop for camp, bro. That's we, some hiking, dude. Oh, yeah. When we started like 8.15 a.m. Wow. Yeah. Was it rough terrain or was it just? No. It was oh, okay. a, a lot of it was either, I think there's like four miles maybe of road walking. It was oh, on, the on the Shell Toey. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So we, we got to, we started at Highway 490, which is the halfway point, and kept right. going north. And which actually isn't the halfway point. Which is yeah. the funny thing. It's got the sign there. Yeah, that's what it says. But the sign is actually wrong now. It's like what? It's off by miles. I put it on Instagram. I, I reached everybody the did. I put it in a video. <laughs> I, I put it on a video. I put it on Instagram. Put it on Facebook. But it's Heck, not I might have even put it on Twitter. But it's not halfway <laughs> anymore. Well, and they're getting ready to add another ten mile section. I they, mean, they've just been blazing. Like I'm literally not down in Tennessee. Oh. I'll definitely have to hike that. Yeah, so I want to do that. And there was a, there was a reroute. You'll hike the reroute on the Kentucky Trail, which you probably already did that. I don't um, know. I think I was supposed to hike a reroute. Somebody's even messaging me because I put it in a video, and they're yeah. like, you're not supposed to go that way. And I was like, well, I only had the old maps. I had Jason oh, Wish's yeah, yeah, maps. Yeah, 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 yeah. When which he I gave FAT. him. Oh, you gave little, him those maps? Little known fact. Little known fact. Uh-huh. Um, the GPX files that he had, uh-huh. I gave him, and I got them from somebody who hiked it the year before. Oh, these were paper maps. Oh, paper maps. Yeah, he sent oh. me the GPX as well. Okay, I said I was gonna say I gave him the GPX files. Yeah. So, and they well, were I, I warned him about the Kentucky section, the Kentucky uh, trail the section. The reroute. Yeah, it's like a ten mile difference. Maybe I can't remember if I hiked it or not. Where is it at? Is it right before you get to Yamacraw? It's right in that area. Yeah, it because might be south of that. Because we hiked one area and there was all kinds of blowdowns and stuff, and we went by like old mining locations. And that kind of thing. Yeah. And the Kentucky Trail was like running right next to it. And we just took the path that was on the map. Yeah, that's probably the old the old thing. So you're actually not hiking the Sheltoe Trace, so this whole thing is a failure for you. Yeah. Yeah, don't tell well anybody. Just quit. You might as well just quit. No, I'm just not going to tell anybody. Okay, I'm good. I'm good it's basically that. like yellow blazing, right? It's okay. I mean, it's all good, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter if you don't hike the actual trail. But, you yeah. know, okay, so this is way off what we're talking about. But that's okay. We'll come back to the, the CDT. Yeah. It's kind of a make your own adventure. The Continental kind of trail. Divide Continental Trail. Continental Divide Trail. Yeah. It's there's sections of it's just like go that way. And it's like you yeah. can go several uh, the what's the one you want to do in France and Spain? Uh Camino. Yeah. Camino de Santiago. Yeah. There's all different ways. It's all different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all considered the same trail. Yeah, and they have like a little uh, I guess certificate or something like that, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It says that you've backpacked it, but you only have to do 100 miles of it So to get that certificate. Now, we're wanting to do the 500-mile. It's like the French way. If I remember yeah. right, it's 500 miles. We may Are have you to and your wife going to do that together? Yeah. Now, well, what's nice about that, that is like civilized hiking. Because you're hiking semi. through towns and you're staying in hostels. Mm-hmm. And all the one thing I haven't told those, be careful of, be- of bed bugs. Yeah. Like spray yeah. the spray I uh, think everywhere. I think Dixie and her sister got bed bugs when they were there at one of the hostels. Now, it's very rare, actually. Yeah, but it happens. Bugs. It definitely happens. Yeah, you, I think you're going to get that, though, especially when you get so many people coming through. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, you want me to tell you about the underquilt? Yeah, let's get back to your story. Let's talk <laughs> about the underquilt. Okay. We can keep talking about whatever, man. I know. Go got ahead. all the time in the world. Like I said, we're, un- we're unscripted. That's right. Unprofessional and unscripted. So I was sweating, and I ditched the underquilt, and I was like, Oh, this feels just like air conditioning, man. It felt so good. It felt like a fan blowing on my back. And I was like, awesome. I was like, it's just a little bit chilly. So I covered up with that Aegis Max sleeping bag, left it open like a quilt. And it's so light that it doesn't even matter. You know, it's not like 
It's right. not re- worth replacing with a quilt. And I went to sleep, and like I said, we had hiked so many miles already. You know, 15 miles by 4 o'clock, we were pretty beat, especially since it's in the 80s. Yeah, that's a really good mileage for hot weather. Mm-hmm. But like I said, a lot of road walking, a lot of uh, ATV and side-by-side tracks. That's the hard part. There. That's the hard part about Chiltoe is the trail can get chewed up by horses and mm-hmm. by ATVs and dirt bikes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so. and logging. We were on logging roads and past several trucks just completely full. I mean, like you got to oh, yeah. step out of the way. There's semis oh, yeah. driving through there with trailers. Yeah. Just dirt roads. Anyway, so I woke up like 12.30 and was pretty chilly. You wouldn't think that 68 is that chilly, but it makes me think like naked and afraid. Those people would be on there shivering. It will be like 55 degrees, but they have no protection. Like they're completely naked. Yeah. And they're laying there like stuck next to each other just trying to huddle for warmth. No fire. Imagine laying there 55 degrees just... That's no why close. you have to be someone who just wants attention to be on that show. Because I don't know, nothing man. about being on that show is good. I like, think we need to have somebody from the show on this podcast and see if that's true. No. Oh, you don't want to have them as a guest? Because we can't show clips of it. We'll get demonetized. It's That's okay. It's worth it. It's worth <laughs> it for the audience. <laughs> it's worth it for the audience. Yeah, but if they're listening to the podcast version, you know, the, the audio only, won't have to show clips. Uh, that's true. I mean, I don't know. This is not wrong about that. Something to chew on, man. Let's chew the fat on this one. Chew the fat. Let's chew the fat on this one. So I want to tell you about this guy named Chuck. Please tell me about this guy named Chuck. Okay. Shout out to Chuck. I have no idea what his last name is. I can't remember. And we walked up, walked up to this campsite, and he was like, Brad. I was like, Brad, I'm going to look around and stuff to see where we pay at. It was called S Tree Campground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You familiar? Uh-huh. So I think that's in Rockcastle County, Kentucky. Yep. Around there. So we walk up there and I'm like, Brad, I'm gonna scout around, see where we pay at, and uh you just pick out a campsite. So he went, I went, and we met back up and I was like, I can't find anywhere to pay. I was like, let's go ask this guy. This guy's name was Chuck. And it was just him. He was sitting there, he had this smaller Coleman tent with a tarp thrown over it. And like a new F one fifty, loaded uh, like loaded up with camping supplies and nice. food and everything, and he introduced himself and he was standing there, his truck bed, he had like a, a table or something in the back and he had like a, a study book and his Bible open, and he was wearing a like a cross necklace. Yeah, and I was like, ah, oh, this guy's over here studying his Bible, cool. So I went over there and talked to him, and I was like, hey man, do you know where to pay yet? And he was like, it's free. This this is free, but it's all primitive. And I was like, hmm. So where's the nearest water source? He's like, well, you, all you got is pit toilets. And he's like, there's no electric. There's no water. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I had like a quarter of a liter left. I was like, campground. There's got to oh, be water there. Yeah. Didn't, th- didn't even think about it. Yeah. And I was like, so, Chuck, you mean to tell me that there's no water here? And he's like, no, the nearest water is, he's like, if you got purification methods, he's like, you, you know, I assume you do since you're backpacking. I was like, yeah. He's like, it's two miles down the road. And I was like, two miles down two the road. Two miles, so an hour there and an hour back. Mm-hmm. After already doing 15 miles. Yeah. And for some people, I think. Did you, that, did you have the hiker strut at this point? No, nah, I was I was feeling pretty good. Were you feeling pretty good? The road walking wasn't that bad. Yeah, road you know? is just annoying. It's not. It's not yeah. bad. It's just annoying. And when you got somebody to hang out with and talk to, it's not too bad. 
Yeah, it's not bad. So I was like, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. I thought about calling Bridget, but it's an hour. It was like an hour and 20-minute drive. And I was like, I could call Bridget and just go home. And we would have got there that day and left that day. But I wanted to spend the night. And plus, Brad, he hasn't really backpacked. I mean, like, he worked at a camp. And, like, you know, you have kids and you take them into the woods and stuff. And they they set up a big tarp. It's kind of Boy Scout style almost. Yeah. You know, a few miles away from their actual, like, cabins that they camp in and the kitchen and all that. Yeah. So I was like, I want Brad to see what it's like laying. I took the lunar solo and let him sleep in it. And, uh, you know, like just backpacking equipment, not his standard camping equipment. And we waited around for a little while. I was like, we'll figure it out, man. But I'm not walking there. I was like, I'll walk around and see if I can find a water source. So I did. And I was talking to Bridget on the phone, and I was walking around looking for a water source just around there. Thought maybe Chuck was misinformed. He was not. (laughs) <laughs> but <laughs> well, as a matter of fact he was not no there was no water anywhere oh, it's like on a ridge so we went back over i went i was passing chuck and he's like hey jeremiah let me ask you a question he's like are y'all running short on water and i was like this is all the water i have man and it was like the end of a smart water bottle yeah. a 700 milliliter and he was like well there's one thing that uh, i never make sure i'm running out of it's water he's like here take this and it was like a quarter of a pack of like the big pack of water. It's like the bottle of water. And I was like, no way. Are you serious? He's like, yeah, dude, look at this. And he like showed me the back of his truck bed and he had like milk crates full of water, you know, bottled water. So you got, you got a, a trail angel out there. Trail angel, bro. Great guy. And I got to say, for the record, I think there's so many, I don't want to get too political or religious here. There's so many Christians Mm-hmm. that give Christians a bad name, quote-unquote. Yeah. yeah. Chuck is doing it right, man. That's right, man. He is just a great guy. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Chuck. Yeah, I want to meet Chuck now. Oh, he. so I asked him. I, I talked to Brad Luke, and I was like, hey, dude, what do you think his story is? And I was like, I, I bet that uh, he's either really rich or oh, my dogs, man. You hear him? <laughs> is that Golden Graham or Petey? I think it's Petey. Both of them. Both of them. Oh, they're just, they're just, some, something's bugging them. That's okay. I'll I think text, your wife probably just got home. I'll text. Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear them? It sounds like they're dying. Yeah, hold on. We'll pause and I'll make them shut up. So, while, while Jeremiah is gone here, uh, I, I actually had the opportunity to, uh, to hike the Shell Toy Trace uh, in, in the end of, of 2018, the beginning of 2019. And, one of the sections that you hike is up to Camp Wildcat, and it's a Civil War monument area. Um, there's a lot of, like, signage and things like that out there. And when you hike to Camp Wildcat coming south to north, you end up hiking up this huge hill, huge hill, and it's all paved. And I don't mind hiking up hills on trails, but I think hiking up hills on trails is easier than hiking up a road if it's a steep hill because you don't have anything to really – kind of almost like steps as you're hiking up, mm. up a hill. And uh, so I, I read my guidebook, and in my guidebook, it said there was a spring just past Camp Wildcat. You could walk down to it, fill up your water, and you'd be fine. Mm. So there was a there was a creek going under a bridge, and I thought, man, I should just get some water now and not worry about it. But I was like, no, no, it says there's a spring up there, <laughs> and I just want to get up this hill and be done with it. So I'm just gonna I'm just going to get up there, and I'm going to go get water. Yeah. So I get all the way up there, go back to where the spring is. 
there is not even a trickle of water coming out. It's just drip drop water. Oh, no. So it's gross water at that point. I have no water source now. And so at this point, I have a half a liter of water. It's 85 degrees outside, and I, I'm two miles from water the other way. And I'm not going back down that hill at this point. Yeah. I'm not going to go backwards and have to hike back up that stupid hill again. I was so tired at this point. I think I did like 15 or 16 miles that day. And so uh, I ended up hiking along the trail, and there was supposed to be a campsite, and apparently I missed it. So I just kept hiking. I came around the, the bend on the trail, and there was this big flat rock up on, on, on the side of the trail. Uh-huh. So I just put my tent on the flat rock, and I used rocks to hold out all my guy lines. Uh. I ended up camping out up there and, and rationed my water, had just, like, used just enough to make dinner, uh-huh. and then had just a little bit in the morning for coffee. And I ate dry oatmeal, just like, you didn't even you didn't rehydrate it at all. No, there was not no water. water. No, not enough water. It's like the coffee was more important than the than the oatmeal. <laughs> and so you I was could like, have oh. saved the you could have saved the coffee for when you get to your water source, bro. It's coffee. Stop yeah, it. You gotta just, have you, the coffee. You're, you're saying awful things right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I went ahead and I made my coffee, and I didn't make it hot either because I didn't want to boil it because I didn't want to lose any of it even through evaporation. So I just mm. had cold coffee and dry oatmeal. Oh, my goodness. And hiked two miles and finally got to the water source. And it was the most glorious water source ever. I don't even know if it was a good water source, but it was the most <laughs> glorious water source I'd ever been to. I remember I drank an entire liter the moment I got there. Mm-hmm. Immediately filled it up, drank the whole thing down, and um, just filled up. I filled up like two and a half liters of water or something like that. Yeah. Because I wasn't, like, I remember there was a pretty good distance, I think, to the next water source or something. But, man, when you don't get water... Mm-hmm. When it's hot outside and you've been hiking a lot, man, it's the worst feeling in the world. Was that in the summertime? I was in the, it was in uh, May or June. Wow. Temperature's so getting up. It was pretty hot. It was in the 80s. And that hill just about destroyed me. Like, because it was just, I mean, it was just this the whole way. I mean, yeah. Where is this at? Camp Wildcat. So that's a, is that the southern section? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, hiked up there and I remember I got to camp wildcat and I just sat down for a second. I was a little tired from doing the hike, you know? And, uh-huh. uh, I can't remember where I started that day, but I remember I hit about four, 13 or 14 miles by the time I got to camp wildcat and I was ready for water and I had none. Where's your limit? Like, where do you start getting uncomfortable on the mileage? I know it depends on the terrain, but it also depends how long I've been hiking out too. Like that's true. You could be on day three. Yeah, yeah. Like when we did Pictured Rocks a few weeks ago up mm-hmm. in Michigan, day two we did like thirteen miles. Yeah, and it'd been a long time since I'd done thirteen miles because I hurt my knee. Yeah, and I remember I got to the end of it and I was tired, but my knees weren't sore, my feet weren't sore. It's just I was tired because yeah. I hadn't done it in so long. So I, I think 15, 16 miles, I'm still really good. Mm-hmm. You start hitting 17, 18, 19, 20 miles in that area, that's when I start getting to kind of beat up. Mm. That's when I start feeling, like, pretty devastated. That's a lot of miles. So yeah, we did a, we just did a lot of miles. Like, when we did the Shell Toey, I, I, hiked with, I hiked with Brian Carpenter. Mm. And that dude can just hike the miles, man. You yeah. wouldn't know it. You <laughs> see this dude, and you're like, this dude does not hike. And then you hike with him, and you're like, Holy crap! This dude hikes and he doesn't stop, man. He just goes. He's got these. He's got, 
I'm I'm built like a hobbit. For people that don't know, I'm five foot eight. I got a really long torso and like stubby legs and stubby arms. Like I've got T Rex arms, you know. And so like, if I hike with tall people, I'm just not gonna keep up. I quit trying to keep up because I. It doesn't matter what shape I'm in. One stride of theirs is like two of mine. And so when I hike with tall people, they just go, and I'm just like. I want to go get them, bro. Go I, get them. I want to evaluate this. Okay, if that's okay with you. Yes, I want to challenge a little bit what you're saying. Okay, and I could I could be completely off base, and maybe I'll get a bunch of hate mail from a bunch of short people. <laughs> so we'll see, fellow hobbits. Fellow hobbits for you. Yeah, for those that don't know about me, I'm six foot three, about two ten, two hundred twenty pounds. What is your inseam? Uh, well, I think it depends on the pants, but 34-ish. See, I'm 29. Yeah. So, from a standard gait, I'm losing at least a foot and a half per step. Well, I don't know how the gait's calculated, because everybody's got a different gait, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So, we could throw in some geometry here. Oh, watch out! We got that. We got the math. <laughs> the math professor is here. I don't know. You have, I guess it's not a fulcrum, right? You're just swinging your leg, right? I, basically, the point I'm getting at is, if we have the same like health standards, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's say hypothetically speaking, you and I are at the same health, same age. We're basically like carbon copies of each other, right? Health wise, except one person's taller, one person's shorter. Right. So since I'm bigger, if we're the same health, I would assume that I'm bigger and my legs are longer, takes more calories for me to move. Like Bridget, she'll walk. I'll walk. I'm going to look I, up stuff while you're okay. talking. Okay, you I, look it up. I've got, here's, I've got a theory, but I have to make sure my theory is not okay. built on bull crap. <laughs> here's what I think. The bigger you are, the more calories you burn. But you're also going to have more muscle packed in there if we're like the same health, for lack of better terms. So wouldn't it make more sense for me to have to output more energy to move than you if we're like the same like body fat percentage and our resting heart rates are relatively the same and you know, just in general we have about the same muscle mass or maybe I'd have more muscle mass since I'm bigger. I don't know. I just think that it's possible for someone that's smaller to output less injury or not injury um, energy and them be able to walk faster since they're smaller. I don't know. Maybe there's some equilibrium there between how fit you are and how big you are and tall and all that kind of thing. Well, I I looked it up and I'm not wrong on this. Okay. Let's Um, hear your men's sprinters. Uh-huh. In the Olympics, the taller you are, the more uh, the more often you win sprinting races in the Olympics wow. because of the longer gait. Yeah. Because you hit more steps, and you're hit, you could hit the same amount of steps, but because your gait is longer, uh-huh. you're going further with each step. Yes, but is it possible not – I mean, I understand that. I think that theoretically – I guess maybe I need to retract my statement. If if you're the same health, it should be easier for the taller person, but not everybody is. 
Not everybody is, but someone who hikes a lot, mm-hmm. like Brian, and he's tall. Yeah, he's natural advantage. He's going to destroy me. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what I do, and it's okay. I've, that's why I said I'm okay with it. Yeah. That's why I don't even try to keep up, because if I try to keep up, I have to put in extra work to keep up with somebody who's taller just because their natural gait is going to be longer than mine. So if, yeah. if we are of the same health, every step they're going to probably be further than me. Well, here's another thing I'm wondering. If you also, are, also throw this out there. Okay. It's the same reason why gymnasts are usually so short. Because oh, it's so stocky. much it's so much easier to get their small bodies to do all these flips and twists and all that stuff than it is for a tall person because they don't have to move as much body to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. So there are advantages to being short and there are advantages to being tall. Yeah. I would say in like hiking, like look at someone like Darwin who hikes like forty miles in a day. Yeah. And he's like six one, six two. Uh-huh. It seems like six foot is the is it's the breaking the point for that. Like anything above six foot, you're gold. Yeah. Everything below that, just get ready to breathe heavy. You know, not, like not. here's how it's just, you know, you're just gonna have to keep up. Well, I don't think that we can make excuses for it though, because you can be five excuses. foot. You can be five foot and walk many more miles than Darwin, even though he's six foot two. I'm just whatever. talking about the speed of it. Oh, I'm not yeah. worried about the amount of miles. I'm just saying the speed. So, like, if you and I are out hiking, uh-huh. you're six foot three. I'm five foot eight. Yeah. So, so even if we're the same, like, yeah, body s- mass index, you're or- just gonna get to camp quicker than I am. And I'm okay with that. It's like when we went hiking with Jeremy up at uh, their Midwest Backpacker uh-huh. at the uh, at Picture Rocks. Yeah. He could. T- he was the only person over six foot in our group, and he could just go. And every stride, I try to keep up with him. At one point, and I just kind of chuckled at him. Just said, I'll see you, buddy. <laughs> like, I just couldn't, you know, it's just, it's just the thing of, of, I mean, it's not, I'm still going to get there. Yeah. But even if I'm on the same health, my strides are shorter. So I'm not going to, I'm just not going to get there as fast as you are. I understand. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. Uh-huh. It just means I'll just take my time and get there when I get there. So is it, is it going to take more calories for you to walk those more steps? I don't know. Since Maybe. I'm bigger, do I have more muscle mass, and that causes me to f- have to add more fuel? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying that it could be harder I'm for just, the taller person. I'm not, I'm not worried about like that stuff. I'm just saying in the it just simply when it comes to speed. Yeah, taller people always have the advantage on that. I want to know if you threw hike, does that? I mean, I know your trail legs they call it. Mm-hmm. So you get like whatever three weeks, six weeks in, and you start getting trail legs after you're consistently backpacking. Right. How long does it take for those to kind of go away, if you will? Like Brian, just because he could do four 20-mile days in a row on the AT 10 years ago, and he's got really huge calves or whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever features makes him, how easy is it to get back in? Well, he said, I don't know if you remember, we had him on the show, Mm -hmm. and we asked him, we said, do you you think you could just go back out and do 15 miles tomorrow? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's because you uh, you built up so much muscle mass, like your calves and quads and stuff. And and I think part of it's mental. Oh, uh, like, think so too? Like, think about a thru-hiker. Yeah. You've got to get up every morning. Mm-hmm. You're doing the same thing every day. You're oh, walking. And you're, you're just walking for it. miles and miles and miles. And you have to convince yourself when a muscle hurts or you twist your ankle to just keep walking. Yeah. But do this for six months or three months or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, the mental fortitude you have to have. Yeah, it becomes harder than the physical. Yeah, I think it is. I think the mental game is way bigger in long-distance hiking than the physical game. 
because your body can adapt. Yeah. You know, the body can, the body's amazing. Like the body is the most amazing creation ever. I mean, it's just, it's amazing what it can adapt to, but I think it's the mental game. I think it's why so many people bow out once they get to the knock Mm -hmm. in Tennessee or not Tennessee. Is it in Tennessee? Uh, I don't know. It starts in Georgia. Yeah. But they get there and and people just bow out. They're like, I can't do it. Yeah. I'm done. And, and it's, it's because they don't have the mental game for it. Yeah. It's very rarely physical. I mean, some people have to bow out because of physical stuff. I mean, uh-huh. even, even I think Darwin had to get off the bet Mackay recently because he hurt himself. Mm. But there's you a know? lot of categories that that mental can fall in. Mental yeah. can also be like, I didn't like it like I thought I would, and I'm just going to leave. That's perfectly fine. Yeah. We as humans seem to be habit, like creatures of completion. So we have this habit of trying to complete everything. Like you'll talk to somebody about Netflix. Like, ah, you know, I made it to one person be like, I made it to season seven. They're like, what? There's eight seasons. You didn't finish it. You got to finish it. You're almost there. You know, humans just want to see things completed. Well, but I would also say that a lot of people, um, they don't trust themselves enough. I think the reason why a lot of people don't finish things is because they, they're, they get scared. And mm-hmm. so they immediately convince themselves they can't do it. And it's amazing how many people like convince themselves that they can't do something mm-hmm. when they absolutely could. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just the fact that because they get themselves in their head of, okay, I've hit this, but I just, I can't do anymore. My legs hurt. This hurts. And it's like, take a couple of days off, man. Take a zero, mm-hmm. rest yourself, ice your legs, go hit, sit in a hot tub, you know, Take off the trail for two weeks, you know, then come back. You know, you can still do it. Don't give up on yourself. And I think that's a bigger part of it is, is that so many people just give up on themselves. Mm. I mean, that's why, I mean, honestly, that's why there's so many, there's so little commitment by so many people nowadays. Mm. Just people, in general, you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, just in general. People mm. are bad at commitment because they can't, when things get hard, they quit. If a relationship know, go, gets hard, they quit. If uh, a job gets hard, they quit. If... You know, they're hiking a long trail and it gets hard. They quit. And so it's just this whole thing of if people could just get out of their minds and just think more of outlast. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not about completing, but at least outlast your own doubts in yourself. Yeah. Because it's amazing. Like, I did music for years, right? Mm-hmm. And I have trained musicians and singers and stuff for years. And it's amazing how many singers I've trained that they come up and I say, sing this. And I'm like, I can't hit that. They're like, okay. And so I say, hit this note and I'll play a piano key. I'll hit the note, and I'll just keep going up and keep going up, and I'll go almost an octave past the note they said they can't hit, and they're hitting every single one of them. <laughs> it's just they didn't think they could because it sounded like it was going to be hard, so they convinced themselves they couldn't. Mm-hmm. The human mind is amazing yeah. because the human mind can take you past what you can accomplish or it can hold you back from accomplishing because yeah. it can convince you you can't do something. It's and so I'm, 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 a, I'm a firm believer. A lot of people just don't believe in themselves enough. Yeah, the commitment stuff drives me crazy, man. Like, uh, especially when when I have like a backpacking trip planned, I I heard um, heard this from another guy. Like, there's any time that you go with a big group somewhere, yeah. <laughs> there is a a group text for all the people that are potential. Yep, and that say they're going, and there's group text for the people that actually go. Yep, and I don't know. It's I, only it's amazing how the second one is only shorter. <laughs> I guess yeah. fewer names on that one than the original one. Yeah, it's like 25% of the names. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, what I try to do is 
whenever I commit to something, I mean, I want my word to be my bond. Right, right. And whenever I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So Bridget and I have this family calendar. Just it's an app on our phone, like uh, just Apple's calendar. Yeah, yeah. And then we just share it as the home calendar. The same thing. And when something's on there and then somebody asks me to do something else, even if that something else is much cooler and I would rather go with that person over the one I already have scheduled. Because sometimes Bridget schedules stuff, and I'm just like, <sighs> you know. But you know what I'm She's wanting to go, something, go do something yeah. with whoever, and I'm like, yeah, I'll go. Yeah. But I've also learned it's okay to ask. Mm-hmm. And you can tell from the answer whether or not it's actually okay not to go. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, that's fine. Nope, I'm good. We'll go with what we're doing. Yeah. And you know right then, because when that's the answer, you know – I was really hoping, and I thought this would be fun. You know, yeah. And so, you, but there are also times where, like, I'll just go ahead. This is not a big deal. Yeah, that's true. And my wife's like that. She's, dude. I'm telling you, I'm married well. My wife is cool, dude. Yeah, she's really cool. Like, she just basically tells me, like, flat out, yeah, do it. Or we she give me this look. She give me this look of like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she won't tell me no, but she'll look at me, and that's that look of, this is not a good idea, is it? Well, I try to just if it's on the calendar, I'm committed. Yeah, that's well. I'm getting to. ready to go on a, on a backpacking trip tomorrow night. It's just an overnight. Uh-huh. Now, like we're gonna hike a total of like five and a half six miles. You that's know, it's perfect. It's not a big trip, but uh, my buddy's going through some rough stuff, mm-hmm. and he's a friend of our family. and And I talked to my wife, and we, you know, I just come off a trip a couple of weeks ago where I was gone for an entire week. Yeah, it's a long and, time, uh, especially when you have a three and a four year old. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we'll talk about it in our. Ne- we're going to do a live stream tonight. We're recording this before a live stream. There's a whole story that goes with this of of everything that could possibly go wrong while you're gone that happened. But uh, long story short, all that stuff happened while I was gone. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I, I hated even asking her. And But she's like, well, you're going with so-and-so. Like, just yeah. go. It's not a big deal. Like, he needs you. Like, that's my wife. That's a great so, wife. Dude, I love it, man. She's great. She's great. She makes my life easy. Bridget, she has figured out that when it comes to the backpacking stuff, if she's going, it's going to be low miles. It's going. To, she loved that. Well, I lo- I use that term loosely. She slightly enjoyed <laughs> <laughs> our our solo together. You know, yeah. backpacking. In. I told her, "Look, babe, it is like an hour's walk in, give or take, roughly." Like, I didn't track where this campsite is. And she's walking with me, and an hour hits. She's like, where's it at? <laughs> and then, like, it was like an hour and six minutes we got there. Yeah. And I really didn't know if it was like an hour or an so hour and a half. you got lucky is what was, you're saying. I knew it was somewhere in there. It couldn't be yeah. much more than an hour. Hour and yeah. a half max. Because the whole loop was like. Yeah, but let's be straight. You tell your wife an hour, and it's an hour oh. and a half. You would never heard the end of that. No, and you could, I could tell when she was getting tired and stuff. Yeah, you know when you when you're backpacking with people and you've been with them long enough, and you know you know their body language, like she she'll start getting quiet. Yeah, and, you know, just tired and over it, and like I could have been at home, I could have had running water, we could be watching TV right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> ordering a steak. Yeah, you know, eating whatever. ice cream, eating bonbons, whatever. Eating bonbons, petting our puppy dogs. Yeah, we could be out to dinner. We could have went to the movies. You know. Speaking of that, Fast and Furious Nine's coming out. 
Dude, I saw that advertised last night. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Bridget said, I've never seen a single one. And I said, oh, my goodness. Not one. I think I stopped watching after the fifth one. It's, but it's, I've watched every one of them. My wife loves them. I love them. Dude, they are ridiculous movies. Mm-hmm. But I can't not watch them. They are like, they are my movie crack. Really? Like, dude, I'm so addicted to those movies. I love every one of them. They're oh so goodness. dumb. Like, I know they're dumb. I know, like... That's some the, muscle head. The, 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 well, I also know that, like, the action is so over-the-top fake. Uh-huh. But I, I'm like a fly to the light when it comes to those movies. I just yeah. can't get my eyes off of them, and I'm attracted to them. i got to watch them. And uh, my wife loves them. Mm. My brother thinks they're the worst movies on the planet, and he tells me that every time I talk about them. But uh, how many cars do you think that they go through? <clears throat> so, oh my god! When I was a kid, we watched. Find out. You keep talking. Okay. When I was a kid, we used to watch Dukes of Hazard. Like it'd be reruns on CNT twenty four seven, and then they made like a movie of Dukes of Hazard, and it was pretty modern, and they still had like the classic car and stuff. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is awesome. And then I looked up, like, I, maybe I watched the extras or something. Back then, I don't, I don't remember if you could just look stuff up. And it was like 30 cars that they had to go through. It'd be like one jump. It would take six cars, you know, and you jump several right. things during the movies. And it's like this one, you know, it completely busted out the suspension. This one broke something. Do you want to hear the numbers? Oh, let me guess. I've got them through the first seven movies. <laughs> Bro, you are addicted to this stuff. <laughs> well, no, yeah, just look at, I'm not even joking you. Yeah. I looked at it, and it was like I started typing in how many cars have been destroyed, and then the next thing that popped up on the search window was in Fast and Furious. That's because your so, computer's listening to you, man. <laughs> so Okay, so you want to hear this? No, I want to guess. You're not going to guess this. I want to guess. How, is it broken down per movie? Yes. Okay, the first one, I think they destroyed the least number of cars. Okay, and that would be correct. I think that they destroyed 138 cars. You'd be way off. They destroyed 78 cars in the first one. Oh, let me let me guess the now, biggest one. Now, in Too Fast, Too Furious, how many do you think they destroyed? Um, Probably 112. 130. Oh. The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. How many do you think they destroyed? Are you going through all of them? I'm going to go through I don't want to go them. through all of no, them. just do it. I just got to hear I want to see your guesses. <laughs> oh this my is fun. God. How many do you think they destroyed? Is it more? Oh, yeah. Do they progressively get more and more? As they go up and grows? down. They go up and down. Okay. Um, 152. 249. How do you even? How? In Fast and Furious? Yeah. 190. In Okay, it gets better. In Fast Five, it was 260. Furious 7, I'm skipping one because I'm going to go back to it. Uh Furious 7, 230 cars. In Fast and Furious 6, 350 cars. Totaling, between those movies, 1,487 cars. Oh, my gosh. And they said if you add uh, the Fate of the Furious and the upcoming Fast 9, it would go well over 2,000. That is insane. This this movie series has 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 blown out two thousand cars, destroyed them. What uh, what is their budget? What does that mean for backpacking? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing. But now you all know that Fast and Furious series has destroyed over two thousand cars. Let me throw something in here. Yes. About the unrealisticness. Yes. So we've been watching the John Wick movies. Yeah, and, those are great. Well, we're on the second one, and there's a motorcycle scene in there. You know, he's, they're chasing him, and he's got his car and. Spoiler alert, you know. Yeah. He's, like, running over these motorcyclists and stuff. So, 
I said, you know how unrealistic, like what, what a poor choice in vehicle for like a car chase and stuff. Right, right, right. The motorcycle, one slip up and that guy's going to die. And they're driving like 80 miles an hour. How do they even get the stunt man to wreck the motorcycle for the scene? Yeah. I don't understand. I don't either. Anyway, let's get back to backpacking. Let's do it. Okay. So what the heck were we talking about before we got into the Fast and the Furious? <laughs> well, we talking about your wife, and you're talking about you could be watching a movie, and we said you could watch a movie in a movie theater, and I said, did you hear Fast 9 is coming out? So back to <laughs> your wife is worn out, you're on the trail. What happens? Well, that's a pretty short story. We basically uh, stopped at the campsite, set everything up, including, uh, including the Porta Privy, um, so she could pee through it. And uh, was that an enjoyable experience for her? I think that she, yeah, I asked her. I was like, you want me to just set this up next to the campsite so that uh, you all basically have a toilet and, you know, you can pee through there. No yeah. number two business. And she was like, yeah, perfect. And she did, and fantastic, dude. Can I tell you something really fun? Sure. So my daughter and my son are three and four. Uh-huh. I took them hiking yesterday for Memorial Day. Yeah. And we, I hiked two miles with a three and a four year old. Wow! Did you have one yeah. of those pack carrier things? No, made them hoof it. They hiked the whole thing, man. Wow! They like it. Yeah, they loved it. Well, here's the best part: we get about three quarters of a mile in, uh-huh. and my little girl looks at me. and She goes, "Daddy, I gotta go to the bathroom." Oh, she's four years old. So I looked at her. Said, "Okay, come over here to the side." So we walked off the side of the trail, and this isn't like a big field. So uh-huh. like it's just an open field. It's not wooded. It's a, it's a, it's a Civil War memorial, uh-huh. but they have trails through it. So, so I took her over. We went over to the side. Uh, she dropped her pants. I held her hands. I said, "Now I want you to lean back." She did. I said, "Go ahead and pee." And she looks at me real funny, like you want me to what? And I'm like, <laughs> she didn't say it, but I could see it in her eyes. Yeah. And so I, I said, I said, just go ahead and pee. It's okay. And so she, she, I go, "Are you done?" She goes, "No, not yet." She goes. And she got all excited. She goes, I'm peeing. And so, like, my daughter had her first hiking experience where she peed in the woods. Oh, my God. And so she uh, she did it, and she was so excited. And so I got video of her, and I said, Ellie, what would you do today? She goes, I peed in the grass. <laughs> and, and so so then, then I, I said, now you're a real hiker. She goes, yeah. And so I put the video online, and so many people are laughing about it. Um, well, what's not on the video is when we get home, we have friends coming over last night mm-hmm. for Memorial Day. They all have kids, so we're all coming over, cooking out in the back deck, and burgers, brats, dogs, you know, the whole nine. Having a great time. But as we're getting ready, the kids had to clean their rooms. And my daughter's in her room cleaning and singing the song, I peed in the grass, I peed in the grass. And she's just <laughs> singing it over and over and over again. And my wife just looks at me, she goes, what did you do to my child? <laughs> you broke her. You broke her and turned her into she's, a hiker. She's a hiker now. So now they both love the kids. Love they want to go again. Now, admittedly, low elevation. Yeah, low okay. elevation. And it was I. I know what I'm hiking with. And I think even you said, you know, with your wife, you know, you're going to do low miles. Mm-hmm. You when you hike with people, it's really important to know what they can do. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm getting ready to go hiking with a buddy of mine tomorrow night. He has had some health issues over the last several months. Uh, COVID was bad for him. He gained a lot of weight. And so we're not doing long miles. Yeah. We're not even doing that difficult of a trail. There's a couple hills on it that'll probably, he'll be breathing pretty heavy on, mm-hmm. but nothing brutal. Yeah. And like we're, we're going out to Hanson's point, you know, the, the video 
when this comes out, this is way after we've actually gone. Yeah. But uh, we're going to go out to Hanson's Point. He's never seen it. He wants to see that view. And I love being there when people see that view for the first time because yeah. it's unreal. And uh, so he's going to go out there, and we're going to hike just the 2.5 miles or .6 miles or whatever it is out there yeah. and hike that back in the morning. And uh, a buddy of ours is going to – my buddy Josh, who we've all, we both backpack with, he's yeah. going to come out there and join us. He's going to meet us out at the campsite. So you know how to get uh, there? Yeah, he knows how to get there. So he's going to meet us out at the campsite and hang out with us. But I know that with Julio, I'm not going to go and hike out from Bison, the Bison Way Trailhead to, to Hanson's. Oh, it's too far. Yeah, it's way too far. It's like nine miles. Yeah. He can't do that. Yeah. So I'm not going to do that to him. So, I mean, whenever you hike with somebody who you know doesn't do miles, mm-hmm. you don't do miles because it becomes miserable for everyone. You know, I have a buddy that I'm taking um, – Hopefully very, very soon, as long as everything works out right. Yeah. And I think I'm going to try to take him to the gorge, and I think that we will. That's Red River Gorge for those new people who uh, haven't heard the podcast before, Red River Gorge in Kentucky. I think I'm going to take him and set up in the bottoms somewhere. Yeah. And Down near the creek? Yeah, somewhere. I don't know what creek, but somewhere around one of the creeks, it'll be cooler, and... Because it's going to be hot, you know. It's yeah. June in Kentucky. And then I think that we'll just drop pack, set up, and leave and hike out of there. But I'm a little bit worried if we go on the weekend, if we get there in the morning, park, walk in, set up, walk back out, and take the vehicle somewhere else, we might not find parking at the new place or back at the old place. You know, but I'm thinking he he's very fit, like a lot more fit than I am. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, if so he'd we, be fine. Yeah, but I don't know what we should do. I'm thinking about taking him to Hanson so he can see that view, and it's not a very far hike, and then maybe hiking to Oxier. And showing or you him could go to Jason's secret place. Yeah, but, well, he's got several secret places, but I'd have to find one with the view, typically with the view. There's a oh, lack yeah, of water. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can always do the Bison Way thing. You yeah. Go past Indian Arch and then – Indian staircase and all that stuff, and then hike out to Hanson's and camp out. I'd like to. Well, I don't want to camp at Hanson's because I want to be next to the water because I want to be. I want it to be cooler. I got you. Oh yeah, yeah. Good call. Cause it'd be in summer. Yeah. 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 So, and you know, we could even splash around in the water and stuff. We're we probably going to get rained on tomorrow night. Honestly, oh, there's supposed to be no. like thunderstorms, and this is the only night he can go. Yeah, and he just needs to get out. So we're going to go regardless of the weather. Take an extra tarp. You need extra tarps? No, I've got extra tarps. I'm planning okay. on taking one. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I would do. And yeah. then you all could e- you could even take a couple extra tarps and then put them, if you can get trees that are next to each other, you know, you could string them up and have like two overlapping tarps. Well, that's and all then, we're doing at Hanson's. There's so many places to camp yes. up there. You, there's so many places you can put up a tarp and just hang out. Yeah. So I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I remember the first time that I went to Hanson's Point and – it, that night that we got there, it had rained all day. It was like 40 degrees in rain. And then at night, it got down in the teens. And the next morning, we were like, we were camped out at like the first or second set of campsites that you come to at Hanson's. Maybe the right, first. Right, right, right. And we, there was inches of snow, and we had to build a fire under a log, like dig out a spot, and heat up the tent poles to pull them apart, and it was just freezing, you know. Right. I, I'd layered summer sleeping bags and a, an emergency blanket. So this is early on in your backpacking career. Uh, This was in 
February. I don't remember. I made a video about it. I had to look. It was definitely in February when the polar vortex came through. Oh, when it got really cold. Yes. It was like 14 or 17 degrees or something. Yeah, I had yeah, a 30, yeah. I had a trestle. And I think that they're like 32 degrees or 38 Ooh, degrees or something. Yeah, you're going to be cold with that. And I had that, I had a sleeping bag liner, like the ones that are fleece inside. Right, right. And I think that I had the Aegis Max sleeping bag. And then I took an emergency, I, I did sleeping bag liner, emergency sleeping bag, like the silver ones, yeah. like the space blanket thing. Then the Aegis Max, then the trestle, I think. Yeah. Or maybe without the Aegis Max. I can't remember. I'd have to look back at the video. Wow. Anyway, the point is, is the next morning we got up and we we're like, Hanson's, I don't know where it is, dude. Like we were just beat by the time we got there. We had started at Martin's Fork, hiked up. It started raining. We went to Gray's Arch, got out of the rain for a little while, went from Gray's Arch to Hanson's. Of course, I don't, I don't have a whole lot of experience around the gorge at that point, so you don't really know how close everything is. Yeah. And so you kind of get in that mental game. How much longer is it going to be? I'm right. so tired. I've been walking in the rain all day. and Which is why, and, and I, I emphasize this to people, if you're new to backpacking, get, mm-hmm. get an app for your phone that has trails on it. Yes. Because that, that really does help. It even should, like, you've It'll got show Onyx. You Onyx is one that's out right now, and it's mm-hmm. it's actually using features that are on the REI um what is it called? Hiking, Backpack, project. hiking project. Yeah. Where you've got the elevation and you can see, okay, here's where I am on the hill right now. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and, and you can see your mileage, you can see where your elevation is. Right. Stuff like that. Any app that User does that. User friendly. Yeah. It just really helps out. It really makes it easier and uh, it gives you some peace of mind when you're like, where, how much further do yes. I go? Yeah. Using whatever, whether you buy Garmin or whether you download a free app or yeah, Gaia, paid app or Gaia, all, all trails, trails, any mm-hmm. of those. I mean, they all. They all have features like that. Right. But the big thing is being able to know, okay, I've got like three miles to go. Mm-hmm. And you know, typically, the average hiker, you're looking at about 30 minutes a mile. Yeah. Average. Yeah. And so you're thinking an hour and a half. Yeah. And when you know that, that makes that's a lot more peace of mind. It's a than, lot more promising. Yeah, then I don't know where this place is. Well, we took a wrong turn. Oh. So that added miles. You know, you're supposed to, you're walking from the parking lot at Gray's. So we started marking Martin's Fork, right? Made a, a complete loop and stuff. Went up to the parking lot at Gray's, which we could have just parked there, right? And walked straight to Hanson's. Yeah. And there, you can go left or you can go straight. And if you keep going straight, you'll walk toward where you turn left to go to Hanson's. Yeah. You make a left hand turn, then there's a right hand turn to go through the pines and stuff. Okay, so there's a sign. You need to keep going straight. It's like the first sign. And we went left. And I don't remember if that's rough trail or what, but I could show you on a map after after yeah, the podcast. Yeah. And we took a wrong turn and an added mileage and it was already raining and cold. And then So you guys ended up coming up Satan's Hill on the rough trail. Well, we made a left and then yeah, we come because you ended up coming to the backside of Hansons when you did that? I can't. Because I, I know can't I know the rough trail, that hill. That comes up behind Hanson's Point mm-hmm. is brutal. I mean, that hill is brutal. Well, whatever we done sucked. Yeah, and there was nowhere to get out of the rain, and we just at one point just stopped and sat in it. Yeah, it was miserable. Anyway, okay. okay funny story about that hill. <laughs> yeah, when when Brian Brian Carpenter and I were hiking that, uh-huh. we were we did a yo yo hike uh, of the Sheltoe. Mm-hmm. Like we had to fit it in with how we could fit it in. So we we started out going north to south. We hiked down to. Uh, 
uh, Miguel's. And if you know anything about the Red River Gorge area in Kentucky, Miguel's is this pizza restaurant that is, like, world famous. So we hike down to Miguel's and we hike up to Miguel's to end. Mm-hmm. Well, on the way down, we go through the gorge and we hit that that hill on the rough trail. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, 90 degrees outside. We were doing this in August. Of course. Okay, August. Yeah. And so and August in Kentucky is basically um, – it's just blazing hot. Yeah. Like it's ridiculously hot, really humid. So we're hiking up that hill. We get halfway up that hill, and there's these two guys. They're just sitting there. And we're like, You guys okay? It's like, Yeah, we're tired. <laughs> like, and here comes these two fat guys, you know? Like, cause like me and me and Brian are not like, we are not going to enter any bodybuilding competitions. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So, so we're coming up through there, and these two heavy guys come up, and we kind of look at them. And, we're we're sweating pretty good, uh-huh. you know, because it's 80, 90 degrees outside, and we're hiking straight up a hill, you know. And we look at them. We talked to them for a second. He goes, yeah, I think we're going to go back down. <laughs> and they did. Like, they wow. ended up getting, just going straight back down, and we ended up, you know, hiking back up. And because uh, that takes you right all – if you just stay on that trail, uh-huh. you go past the turnoff for Hanson's, and you keep going, and you end up at the Gray's Arch Trailhead because it just goes right out Yeah, that way. So if that was the hill you guys took, that is a brutal hill. I could understand why you'd be exhausted. So that way takes you, if you come out of Hanson's and make a right. That would take you down that hill. Yeah. But I don't I don't remember if we passed. I think that we passed that. Yes, we passed that because there's, there's water. Yes. There's a place that's, that's like the closest place I could get to Hanson's that have water. So after we set up, I had to go back down and get water. And my buddy was just like, I, I can't do it, man. You had to come back up the hill after you get water. Yeah, I got the water, and I got I filled up every bottle we had and every bladder we had yeah, and okay, carried so, it all back up Okay, there. so the, then you did a different hill, because the hill I did, you would come out of Hanson's and go left. No, we come out of Hanson's and went right. Okay, so that's a different hill. Okay. That that one's still rough, too, because that's on the way to, get to Gray's Arch. Well, the whole point was we woke up the next morning and— Exhausted. Yeah, tired, didn't sleep a whole lot. I think I popped like eight packs of hot hands. And You, you love know. those hot hands, man. <laughs> I was if, just trying to survive that night. Dude, if anybody watches this show or listens to it, you're going to hear hot hands a lot with Jeremiah when it comes to cold <laughs> weather. I'm serious. I never, I've cold. never used them. In the cold, yeah. yeah. I've never used them, never packed them with me. I, I always pack you have them with one you pack. every time, yeah. At least one pack, and I have my hand warmer, the battery pack hand warmer. I've got battery-powered socks. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Put those on your hands at night. I put them on my feet at night. Oh, you get the cold feet? Yeah. Yeah, some people get cold and, you know, you could put those on your hands and then you could hug yourself. Oh, yeah, you could. And it's ingenuity. It's kind of weird, but okay. <laughs> yeah, but it warmed you up. <laughs> so I was talking about Hanson's. So the next morning, we couldn't decide if we should go on to Hanson's or not. And we were at that first camp spot. And we're finally like, man, we've come You're all this way. You're less than a half a mile from the, the actual point at that point. Dude, my pants were frozen. Like, <laughs> I mean, like you hold it up and it still holds its shape. My, I couldn't put my That's shoes great. on. They were frozen. I had to sit them next to the fire. My socks were frozen. I had to wear my camp clothes to hike back So in. you were basically on Hanson's point. Well, we were before you get to the point. Yeah, but I mean, you're like... You're on the cliff. I'm already past all those pines. And yeah, stuff. you're on it. Yeah, when you first come in. Yeah. So for people who don't know, like Hanson's Point is this beautiful overlook mm-hmm. in the Red River Gorge, and it's 
It's basically um, the Lion King. It's Pride Mountain. It really is. Like, it's Pride Rock. That's what it's called, Pride I Rock. I don't know if I go that far. Because it, yeah. it just juts out from the side of, of a cliff, and then you just view. Yes. And it's beautiful. Yes. And and you go through these, like, pines all the way up. It's uh, The limestone kind of wears down, so you got the sand that mm-hmm. you're kind of walking through, and through these pines, and you get up, and there's a campsite. Yeah, big. And you take a right. Massive campsite. Yeah, big campsite. You take a right. You keep going up the trail. There's another little campsite. Mm-hmm. You keep going up the trail. There's another little campsite to the right. You take a left, and that's the massive, like, 8,000 campsite area where, yeah. like, literally 200 people could camp up there, no problem. Yeah. And then you hike down past it, and that's where you get to see the point. And you were at that first campsite. So yeah. you were, like, maybe a little over a quarter of a mile. Yeah, it's a five-minute walk. Oh. But I didn't know where to yeah. go. I'd never been. Right. And there's like several inches of snow on the ground, oh, and man. I don't have any clothes. And every pair of frog talk pants I've ever bought, I blew the crotch out. All of them. Well, yeah. I'm not going to say anything about that. <laughs> well, I did. I did on that trip in the rain. Oh, yep. man. Yep. So I put them back on the next day to hike out in, had my like leggings mm-hmm. and wore those. That's all I had. So, because everything else is frozen. So we finally decided we need to check out Hanson's, you know, and we stumbled around and figured out where it was and finally found it. And we we're like, oh, it is so worth it. But everything was frozen out there. Like we couldn't, my buddy was like, you are you coming out here? Real careful out there. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going out there, man. He's like, come on. And I was like, nah, I promised my wife that I wouldn't do anything dangerous on this trip. Yeah. And I well, was like, it's not safe. And Hanson's too, if you have any issues with vertigo. Uh-huh. That is not a place you. I took. I you took a whole go bunch of there. people out there. Took a bunch of friends out there. Yeah, and a few of them were, were women who struggled with vertigo. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this. Like I had no idea. Well, so one we side, get out there. They they had to sit down. They're like, I I can't go any wow. further. Like I stay right here. They go fold. all the way. Th- so there's like a a fifty yard walk out to the very yeah. tip of the point. But on one side there's like woods, and on the other side there's like a hundred foot drop. Yeah, you know, you could walk over there and just fall off. Right. Yeah. And so they get out there and they just kind of, you could see it in their faces. Like yeah. they just got real dizzy and they just sat down and they, they admit like, it's beautiful, but I can't look at it. Wow. Yeah. And it's just, it's just cause of, it's a 360 view. Uh-huh. Like you don't get many of those yeah. anywhere where yeah. you can just look all around you yeah. and see, but, uh, that's what Hanson's point is. Yeah. And I've been out there when it's icy. I was out there in January when I got hurt. We went out and went to bed that night. We were at the big campsite, the real big campsite. Uh-huh. And we had camped out there and went to bed, woke up the next morning, and it snowed the whole night. So we woke up the next morning, everything was white, and we're like, we got to go out to Hanson's and check it out in the snow. Because we'd been out there the day before. Oh, it's beautiful. We got there, man, man there's trees, a bunch of white yeah. trees. We got some really cool pictures. Yeah. But we could only hike out so far because you could just, I mean, it was slick. Yeah. And it was just not worth it, man. There's so many people that die in the River Gorge every year because they do dumb stuff. Yeah. And I think there was a girl recently that died because she was on some rock trying to take a selfie. Yeah, tragic. Yeah. And so it's just you got to be careful with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So long story short, you enjoyed Hanson's <laughs> even yeah. though it was nasty out? <laughs> yeah. You want to wrap this thing up and go get some food? Oh, man, I'm starving. Is it the purple button that I'm going to press? In a second. Yeah. But before we do that, uh, if you were listening right now, uh, we have already put online a Google form that you can fill out mm-hmm. for a giveaway that we're doing. In our next audio-only episode, we're going to be giving away a lot of free stuff. 
Like we just did a free giveaway stuff. We gave away a bunch of stuff on our live stream uh-huh. that will have already released by this point. But there's a our next audio podcast giveaways, giveaways, giveaways. I'm talking mm-hmm. from all kinds of companies: Hilltop Packs, Chicken Tramper, Trail Craft, Outdoor Vitals, Outdoor Beards. You name it, we're gonna have, and we may have more than that by yeah. the time we actually record the episode. We may have more than that. So just so you all know, be looking online. In the, in the description of this video, mm-hmm. and there will be a Google form, fill that out, answer all the questions, and you could win some serious swag. Yeah, there's no there's not really any catches or nope. anything. We're just having a little fun and want to say thank you. So there's no like, this is what we should have done. We should have made an email list. That would have been really good marketing. That's okay. I just want to say thank you yeah. to everybody and give away some free gear. Yeah, we've got almost 120,000 downloads of our of our live of our podcast at this it's point insane. it's just we never expected to see this and yeah. it just kind of it was two guys who just like to talk around a campfire decided to do a podcast and now we're having a lot of fun so uh so definitely make sure if you if you're listening right now get online get go to backpackingpodcast.com and uh click on the description of this podcast and there will be a link there you can click on that and you can find that form, fill it out, and you may win some pretty sweet swag. Awesome. Well, that's all I have. You I'm want, good, bro. You let's want me to let, hit the purple button? Let's do it. Hit the purple button. <laughs> Here we go. So with that, we'll see you guys on the next episode. <laughs> Adios. I hit the purple button. Good job, man.